Verbal Discharge. The world's third to best radio show. Not about squids. Every Thursday on Phantom Radio. Catch up at verbaldischarge.co.uk. A scream echoes out across the Valley of Fallen Kings. Murder, it cries. Murder most foul. A rush of bodies converge on the location. Some of them horrified, some of them shocked, all of them morbidly fascinated. Here, in the Valley of Fallen Kings, a murder is not something that is taken lightly. A crowd gathers around the body, lying limp and motionless in an immaculate heap on the ground. My knights of the round table would find the culprit post-haste, King Arthur boldly declared. If they hadn't all been convicted of child sex offences and sentenced to an eternity in the isolation spheres. <laughs> said King Tutankhamun, who was notoriously indecipherable due to his inability to speak through his frankly ludicrous solid gold hat. <laughs> I hope you kept the receipt, thought everyone there. You are not the hound dog, sung Elvis, the one true king. But none of them. Monarchs, sub-deities, or world-class singing sensations could help but be appalled at the body. How had this been allowed to happen? How could such a dire and nonsensical death have taken place, with not so much a whiff of the culprit in sight? Even the king-sized memory foam mattress was stuck for words, which was admittedly not difficult because it had no vocal cords and was permitted access to the Valley of Fallen Kings on a sheer technicality. What's that? There, in the ears, a voice shot from the crowd. Yeah, what on King's Green Valley could that be? fired another. Those are headphones, you ape, said King K. Rule, who has tragically not been featured in a Donkey Kong title since 2007's lackluster Wii release, Donkey Kong's Barrel Blast. King Arthur reached forward and removed the portable device from the cadaver. Rigor mortis had begun to set in, so this was not easily accomplished. What was it? the crowd asked in perfect unison. What was she listening to when she died? With a trembling hand, King Arthur reached for the power button, terrified of what he might find. Waiting on bated breath, the crowd leant forward, all of them eager to discern the cause of death. Arthur's hand drew closer. The crowd drew more restless. He extended a kingly finger and pressed the button. Oh my God, he said, his voice ripe with fear usually unbeknownst to him. This explains everything. These three kings, (laughs) they kill it each and every week. Who does, O oh, great beholder of the portable media device? asked the King Blues, a frankly appalling ukulele punk rock bang from London. It's them all right. It's verbal discharge. Not, not, not my best, but I'd like to hope it was a kind of all right way to kick things off this week. Yeah, we haven't had a murder mystery yet, so... I'm glad that you've mentioned that, because we may have another one coming up oh. later in the show. Oh, oh. Ooh, yeah, a bit, a bit of teasing for you there, a bit of, a bit of radio foreplay. This isn't me again, is it? Oh, no, 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 I'm hoping <laughs> okay. you won't die. You can't die again, Jordan, you've died so many times now. I've yes. gone through all the colours. I started what, off when? as Jordan the Grey, <laughs> Jordan the White, now I'm Jordan the, the, the racially un- uncertain, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a teaser for but one of the many gifts of frankincense, of myrrh, and of gold that we will be bringing you as free, free kings. I see what you did there, Robbie. Yeah, you see, yeah. I hadn't noticed that when I wrote that down, but I'm yeah. glad you did. This, yeah. this, is, this is why we work well as a unit. <laughs> as, a, as a team. As, mm-hmm. a, as a king-themed team. As a kingly trio of radio goodness. Speaking of a trio of radio goodness, shall we introduce ourselves? Let's. I'll begin, because I never do. 
Um, oh, God, oh, this feels really strange now. I'm not <laughs> used to. I'm not used to leading feel things. Feel the pressure. I'm James. I'm 22. I like long walks on the beach, getting caught in the rain. And um, if if you're interested in seeing me romantically, you can contact me in my video dating link listed below. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm 23. I like sucking windows <laughs> and boiled eggs. And not the other way round. No, not not, not sucking eggs windows. and boiling windows. When I'm boiling windows, as in a pane of glass or or the OS. No, I just like the concept. Ah, oh, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm a pane of glass. No, no, no you're not. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to let that. Lie. I'm not going <laughs> to let that comment stand, Robbie. You're you're many things, but a pane of glass is not one of them. <laughs> you can see straight through me. Um, uh, I'll uh, allow it. I'll allow it. It was good. It was good. Uh, yeah, my name's Robbie. I'm. I'm 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 the the babby of the group. I'm only twenty years of age. Yes, um, I even forget that you're that old. <laughs> <laughs> I am, but four years old. My vocal cords are particularly well developed, and my facial hair is actually behind what I was expecting, what my parents were hoping for by this age. I know, Robbie, that you've shown me in the past pictures of yourself without a beard, and yet I can only assume that that's all part of some sort of scheme you've cooked up. Because in, in my mind, you, you always had a beard, and you just shaved it, just, just to take a few pictures so that you could show people in the future, like, oh, look, this is me when I didn't have a beard. I imagine you came out of the womb fully bearded. I, yeah, I, I did. It was very tickly for my mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. But it saved me a lot of time in the long run. Why? Because you didn't have to grow a beard? Then yes. Because that's, what, that, the, that's that a, what the first 15, 16 years of your life are, aren't it's you? It's like a conscious to grow effort. A is that a conscious effort that people make? Yes. Trying, trying desperately to push hair out of your prepubescent <laughs> face. Wait, did you not do that? I, 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 no, I, I, was, I could just um, squeeze my head like one of those toys and my, my beard would come out like Play-Doh. Body hair's a weird one when you're that age. Like, mm. I, remember, I remember getting my first armpit hair and being baffled by it. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you elaborate on that? There isn't really much to the story. I was just, I was there. I was just playing with my armpits, like like a normal <laughs> boy of whatever age I was. Let's say twelve, twelve-ish. <laughs> this and is this is the north where that's the only toy you have. Your armpits <laughs> and a ball on a string. <laughs> oh, mummy, what can I? Sorry, I'm, I realise I'm a northern child. Oh, mum, what can I have for Christmas? I'm twelve, and I, oh, I just, I'd love to get a toy. No, this this is my mum now. No, I'm a northern mum. You'll make do with your armpits like we did. If you're lucky, you'll get some coal. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I remember just just finding this one sort of stray hair and being genuinely quite confused by it. I think I think I asked a teacher. Mm. I was like, because I, I remember quite vividly thinking like, oh, I don't know if I can consult like someone about it. And I think I think <laughs> I, I think like, you were like, that baffled by a single hair in your. I armpit. didn't know what I thought it was broken. It was. It was never explained to me that like like I knew I knew that people got hair in those places, but like I remember my thought process being my dad had like armpit hair, so presumably it's just something you get when you're a dad, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> alongside your child. You you get just tufts of hair. It's a free gift. It's a bonus. <laughs> Buy one child and you get some free armpit hair. Conceive one child, get a few tufts of body hair. By that logic, how many children has Robbie had? <laughs>
<laughs> a lot. For um, listeners who aren't aware, Robbie is a very, very hairy man. Yeah, with I an unbroken chain of hair from head to toe. Literally. You know, one of the, the kings you didn't list, King Kong. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I'm a bit, bit, bit like him. Your finest work was in Peter Jackson's, uh, admittedly. I don't, know, I don't know, I thought it was better in the, the 80s one where I was a man in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Applause, applause, laughter, audience sounds. So good, so good. Now it is worth mentioning because we won't get an opportunity to talk about this again. This is a very, very, very date specific topic of conversation. Mm. But as I'm sure. You two, in the studio here with me, will remember, yesterday, we did something. We did. Did we? We, we, we did a thing. We, we both went and we breathed on each other. We breathed for, We for continued hours, to breathe. Hours on end, just in, in the general direction of each other, just breaths on faces. Oh, what, what a spectacle it was. it was. And this was very date-specific, because <laughs> I just thought this is what we did like every time we came to the studio. You know, it's uh, a national holiday, Jordan. Terrence <laughs> Malick's actually bought the movie rights. He's going to make a six-hour adaptation of this, starring Ben Affleck. I'd watch it. Uh, yeah, I would. But to get to the point, yesterday, of course, was the 21st of October, 2015. Mm. Jordan, why is that an important date? It was the um, day I bought some new boxes from Prime. Oh, no, you, you mean, you mean Back to the Future. That or should we say Back to the Future Past? Back to the present? Back, back the, to yesterday. Back to the, well, I suppose it's the past now. Back to it? yesterday. Yeah. 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 I can't believe we missed the opportunity to say Jordan going and buying himself from Primark because he's buying boxes. Uh, it's funny because Jordan, Jordan punches Jordan people. But then, but then that would make me plural, which is like a paradox yeah. in itself. <laughs> Speaking of paradoxes... <laughs> we watched Back to the Future 1 and 2. Uh, we went to the cinema to watch it because, in case anyone's not aware of the date, it's the 22nd now, but yesterday... It was the 21st, which is the date <laughs> that... That's how linear time works. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just spieling. In case in. What's tomorrow going yeah, to yeah. be? What's the date tomorrow? 24th, there is no 23rd. A bit, a bit like in the Matrix when there is no spoon. It, I am the master of time. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what am I talking Why is about? the 21st an important date, James? Because in the second Back to the Future <laughs> film, Marty days. and the... Shut up, Robbie, let me do my spiel. Right. Marty, I can't do it now. You've put me off. You've made me really conscious of how long I'm taking. Okay. Back to the Future Part... Stop it. No, actually, stop it. So, Marty... Marty and Doc Brown... What film is this? Back to the Future Part 2. Yes. The second one. The one after the first one and the one before the third. Marty and the Doc go forward from 1985 to the future. And the date they go to is October 21st, 2015, which, in case anyone has forgotten, <laughs> was yesterday. <laughs> and we established this. To the podcast, in which case it was sometime in the past, depending on when you're listening to this. But if you're listening live, it was yesterday. If you're not, it's not. Okay. <laughs> See, this is, this is surely one of the problems that the writers of the Back to the Future film were presented with. Because just explaining time is quite hard. Or maybe this is just us. Being generally useless. Well, I can't remember the quote, but but basically this quote entails that time doesn't actually exist and it's just a linear concept within our own minds. Well, it's not so much a quote as it is, oh, you've opened a tin of worms here, Jordan. Uh, that um, was what I was hoping to do, to get <laughs> us away from laughing um, at each other. We, as 
the way we sort of perceive reality and the way that we perceive time as being a fourth dimension that we're aware of, we perceive it as being linear. However, the actual way that time functions is... It's theorised to work in a much more sort of mishmash pattern. Obviously, we don't know this. This is all theoretical because we, as four-dimensional beings, experience completely structure. Flawed quite heavily in the quite brilliant But yeah, um, obviously, we, we, what with going to see the film, it, it was interesting, and I was wondering if we could all maybe just discuss for a minute with their version, their vision from the eighties of what October twenty-first, twenty fifteen, would look like. What did they get right and what did they get wrong? I heard Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, who were the co-wrote it and then Zemeckis obviously directed it, mm -hmm. saying that they felt they were about 50-50 in terms of what they got right and wrong. That's not accurate. too bad. I know, I know I won't steal the one James wants to say. Are you going to talk about the contactless... Yeah, I know you wanted, yeah, to, I know yeah, you wanted yeah. to mention that. There's a, there's a bit in it when old Biff is getting out of a taxi and he uses mm. contactless card payment. Which, which was quite remarkable. It's very yeah. spot on because it's just b become a recent thing. Absolutely, really. just yeah. you know that Nike have announced now. Um, they they want doing to. The, yeah, yeah, they're doing the, the, the self lay training. shoes. They yeah. want to have them out in 2016. Yeah, which is brilliant. Do you know the the one problem I have with Back to the Future Two though is I mean you can moan all you like about the hoverboards and so on, but I think the one thing they get really wrong is that they think that people will still be using fax machines in 20 <laughs> Yeah. And not only just does he have one fax machine in his house, but he has <laughs> yeah, one in almost every room. Yeah. There's a fax machine attached to the wall near the ceiling <laughs> in which there is exposition. It's interesting, though. Like I, I, I can sort of see where they were going with it. And I suppose that the way that they were presenting fax machines was as an instant messaging service. Mm. And their idea of it being sort of everywhere where you could just receive messages and faxes wherever you were was I, I suppose in a way sort of quite not dissimilar to say the internet and social media and just texting yeah. and a, a less yeah. mobile kind of yeah. facebook because i don't think they could have predicted the advent of phones or certainly much less smartphones and things mm. like that yeah. the famous one though is the jaws 14 directed by max spielberg <laughs> <laughs> which i mean yes there hasn't been 14 jaws movies they thankfully stopped that free but we oh, do have God. this endless cycle of, of just like 3D remakes and 3D sequels to films from anything that from many of years yeah, ago. Yeah, any 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 films that have sharks in them. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 horrible and kind of I'm I'm going over with a very very massive like cartoonishly large turkey baster and basting all these films with the same turkey baster, but. <laughs> Um, what an analogy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every film that has like a killer shark in it now is just to me a kind of oh, we saw Jaws and we liked it, so we made another shark film. Do you think what? that's why they have to incorporate piranhas? And yeah, yeah. Pira mini shark, what? mini Jaws. What about Raining Stones, the Ken Loach film with a lone shark in it? Uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting that. on Barracuda 3D. Barracudas aren't explored enough in films, except for that bit in Finding Nemo right at the start when that Barracuda absolutely massacres all of Nemo's dad's family. Oh, um, actually, I'd like to see an English kind of film uh, based in that sort of stuff where it's like, Gigantopike! And like, <laughs> and like all these poor kind of Yorkshire fishermen are being eaten in their boats out, oh. out on the kind of moors. Go blimey, Gov! Oh, there's a pike eating us on the moors! <laughs> Why? See, this is your, your constant harassment of me for being north is for some reason leaks into my psyche now to the point where I now insult people from the north. <laughs>
The um, another one of the things that I thought was quite interesting was there's a bit in the film when Marty, now an old haggard ass man, um, is speaking to Needles, his employer, on this on the big screen and the TV. Mm-hmm. And whenever he speaks to anyone on the TV. Um, it lists all of their likes and dislikes and their location and where they are and what they do as a job. And surely that's just that's basically Facebook. Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. Some, which is a feature I'd kind of appreciate on Skype, actually. Mm. I think that would be kind of cool if you you could turn it on and off so it's not an always feature, but you're talking to someone or, or you've just, you're have just you just setting up like a conference call on businesses or something and it's like Mr. Hideyashi and he, he's, <laughs> he's a big businessman from Japan and you've just got the $10 million deal or whatever it is and it just comes up with all the things he likes so you know how how to like push his buttons i can see how you'd like it from a business perspective but if you were just having a chat with someone and there was something constantly flashing up at like the bottom <laughs> of the screen like remember this person likes tuna yeah. that would really <laughs> great me after a while occasional it goes on occasional murdering sprees just you who know. doesn't but would that be information if someone's put the... if someone's put it on their own profile you know but like most you... people kind I'm of just, just, put just ironic workplaces from a position of someone currently on the run from the police. I'm not going to announce that on a podcast, am I, for instance? I'm not going <laughs> to... Well, no. Who did you kill, Robbie, and why? That's, that's, that's classified information. Is it um, classified? No, it's worth it's saying... Not You're no, not an organisation. No, it's could... worth saying, Ben isn't here this week. <laughs> so, uh, but Ben isn't here most weeks. So now I'm worried, should I go looking for him? Or... No, he's fine. He's fine. You don't have to worry about Ben at all. So, I may have mentioned this before to both of you. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Greta Gerwig. You think she's alright? I think she's alright. I think just, just alright. I think there are people in the world who she is better than. than. Could you list all of them? No. Um, <laughs> it's a long list. <laughs> Yeah, ba- Greta Gerwig, if you haven't heard of it, is an actress lady. She is in some films. Um, Such as? She was in a film called Transitar. Which I've she... never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, uh, I've, I've never, you... never mentioned it. I don't know it. if you've ever mentioned it, Robbie. <laughs> um, <laughs> the joke here is that Robbie <laughs> talks about that film a lot. It's, yeah, it, she was in it. She co-wrote it with Noel Baumbach, who directed the film. She was in a number of other films. I was, however, trying to find some of her early stuff over the summer. I was trying to find it. I was looking it up on Amazon, typing a name in. When I came across this. Greta Gerwig, you're in the Greenberg. Greta Gerwig, no strings attached. Oh, Greta Gerwig, you're a good actress. I really like you because you're nice. Oh, Greta Gerwig, I really respect you to grow with love. Did you make this? I did not. That's a 30-second clip from a song called Greta Gerwig is a Good Actress Lady by, <laughs> by Paparazzi and the Photogs. Paparazzi and the Photogs? Paparazzi and the Photogs. Like spell, photographers. How do you spell Photog? Um, I can't remember, to is, be honest. Is it like, I'm guessing it's Photo G, because photographers is what Maybe. I'm guessing. Yeah. Paparazzi yeah, and that, photographers. Yeah, okay, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I assumed it was like a photo dog. Oh. <laughs> it was a dog made entirely of celluloid. Um, I assumed yeah. it was like a sort of wild boar, with, <laughs> but with, I don't know, some, some sort of like... It's the photog. The photog, and photo is like a tribe or something. So I, I listened to that song, and I was slightly unnerved. I actually began to sweat listening to it for the first time, because it was sort of like, why, why, why does this exist? Why does this exist? I then clicked on sort of look for more, 
I came up with the next song on the album, which is this. What a man, smart man, make a movie. Good camera, use your camera to make a good, good movie. This is is maddening, but also quite addictive. A brief clip from um, another one called Noam Baumbach is a Good Director Man. I think you can see a pattern emerging. Is the whole album going to be about people that were in the film? No, this is is a track from slightly further on in the album. Matt Smith, everybody (laughs) loves you because you're so good at being Doctor Who. (laughs) He is quite good at being Doctor Who, to be fair. He, oh, yeah, he was, he rather. Was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I like how, he, how he's forcibly like cutting some syllables out there to, to get the rhyme <laughs> in. You're a really good Doctor Who. <laughs> um, we then get moving on. The next track after that is this. Vin Diesel, super <laughs> duper Hollywood star. I like you because you're very nice. <laughs> Not the Vin. Di- I'm guessing this is this is not the Vin Diesel of the modern day who, like James says, looks a bit like a testicle. <laughs> he does. He does look like he a does. testicle. <laughs> we were, we, I was talking about this the other day with 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 Jordan and people. Um, have you seen the difference between Vin Diesel when he started the Fast series mm. and him now? No. Well, oh, I... the years have not been kind. Oh, no, no, you can tell in the montage at the end of Fast and Furious Seven. It does. It comes up. Oh, yeah, it is, you, it is you can see in the. You can see why they chose him mm. for the first one because he, he's quite chiselled. He's got yeah. a jawline. He's yeah. quite stocked. He's very well built. He's your typical masculine macho action hero man. And now he's not. He looks like <laughs> a, he looks like a testicle that's been thrown through HMV. <laughs> HMV? Yeah, have you seen the stuff he wears? Wait, what, as in like, band shirts? Like, do you mean H&M? Oh no, H&M, yeah, sorry. <laughs> as in HMV? Well, he's been thrown through there. He's always few... carrying great value DVDs with him <laughs> everywhere he goes. We, we're, not, we're not sponsored by HMV. I wish we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yet the best thing the paparazzi and the photogs can think to say about him is that he's nice. That's the word they use to describe Vin Diesel. He's nice. He was really good at voice acting in that one film that he probably phoned in. How how many tracks do they have on this album? Uh, Enough, including this one. You get a taxi, gonna give you a ride. Make sure the taxi driver is not Travis Bickle. (laughs) (laughs) It gets to the point wherein that was actually, there was one album he wrote that was about 50 songs long which was just songs about famous people, and it was called Celebrity People Are Better Than Normal People. Um, and that included the Greta Gerwig and the Matt Smith and so on ones. And the Vin so Diesel. Are, these, are these all sort of a collection from various albums? Of these are group? from various albums, yeah. That one okay. then, the Travis Bickle one, came from an album he wrote about movie characters. So oh. he had one um, about Alvy Singer, who was the lead character in Annie Hall, mm. uh, in which he tried to describe the plot of Annie Hall in a song. And it's it's pretty atrocious. Him saying you're very neurotic and you're seeing a therapist. Well, if it's anything like this wonderful quality of music production <laughs> that we've been presented with here, then I can only assume that it's all fantastic. I then came across one more album he'd written, which included this with the first track on it. Mitch McConnell. He's a wonderful senator from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved, we've moved from people in the movies to senators of Kentucky. Has he run out of people to write songs about? I began to look through that album, and there's a, it's 50 tracks long, and there's a track about every senator that's currently in office. Brilliant. Every, a senator from every state. How long is each track, roughly? 
about a minute and a half long. Okay. I, I'm going I'm to do one about, like, non-notable people See, in Telford. This is what we're getting onto. We'll get onto this in a minute. Okay. Um, yeah, but I then began to look this guy up, and I found out that he is a, a normal man, a standard man, called Matt Farley. He's an American man. And basically, his full-time job is that he writes songs about commonly searched terms so that when people look them up on Spotify, type those random words in, he gets royalties from it. Or when people type them into Amazon, as I did with Greta Gerwig, he gets royalties from that's it. That's a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah, that's a brilliant so, way to leech money off the internet. He started off just doing it by the most commonly searched terms, and he just sort of make, write a song about them, put it out. And he started doing about celebrities... And in the end, it just sort of anything he could see or he could do. I, doing I, I understand that he's probably not put much effort into it. I mean, there was <laughs> that, that song there was just like th- about six piano notes repeated <laughs> and like it kind of, I don't know, a sort of triangle in the background. And then he's just kind of going, this person, something that rhymes with person. He said he writes something out as like six or eight songs a day. So he does. He, he really bashes them out. However, yeah, so I, I, I looked this guy up and I thought we could try and beat... Matt, as I'll call him, at his own game. Okay. And right. we could write our own songs based around common, everyday, whatever, any any topic at random, and try and build a library to rival Matt's. Okay. Um, I'm, and I'm on board for this. I already know who I want mine to be about. <laughs> he's written about 18,000 songs so far, and he tends to keep going. So we might not beat that in one show, but we can always try. <laughs> so what I've done... I've got here a microwavable noodle bowl, which I didn't know existed, never mind I had one in my cupboard, <laughs> until about half an hour ago. Brilliant. By which point we were, we've been on there for ten minutes, or about half an hour before we, I left. And in it, I have a number of random topics, which here we, we shall okay. pick out, and we I'm... can try and write a song about spontaneously. I'm excited. Much as Matt Reeves, no, Matt Reeves is the director of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, Matt, <laughs> Matt, whatever his Matt, name whoever is. he may be. Yeah. We, as much as he does, we're going to write some songs on the basis on the with the backing track of free to air songs I found on the internet. Okay, fair enough. So, Jordan, do you want to go first? Do you want to pick out the first topic? We'll be I'll shuffle oh. them about a bit. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, are they like slips of paper now. What am I reaching for? Okay. Oh, is that just one? I can't that's, tell. That's, that's I've, two, I've got that's two. several. I've got, slips. I've got one. I've got oh, one. Okay, it's do you want to read it out? Daniel Craig blowing a raspberry. Okay. Okay, do you want to take it, or you can tag us, you can have us join in if you like? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, I'll okay. take it. Okay, Five, four, three, two. Oh, ah, Daniel Craig, he's a pretty handsome guy. Daniel <laughs> Craig, with him I'd like to fly, but he just turns to me and blows a raspberry. <laughs> Bree? <laughs> Brie, Brie's kind of cool. Me and Daniel Craig are eating Brie cheese now on a plane where he's blowing raspberries with the frown. Hey! That was, that that was, was terrific. Beautiful. That, that was, was wonderful. That was incredible. Radio magic, right? <laughs> James, do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Do you want to... This, this little, like, red bowl thing has a handle. It has a microwavable handle. Brilliant. Okay, so right. So I can actually reach over. Oh, it's, 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 okay. it's just a big let plastic me, cup. Let me kind of shuffle them around a bit. Okay, I've got one. He's, okay. he's, he's got one. Do you want to tell us what it is? Next year's Great British Bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yep.
great British Bake Off is a show on the TV. It's not something that interests me. <laughs> I've never watched it. It's a bit shit. I'm not allowed to say that on air. I'm sorry, Luke. Luke Acott. I apologise. I didn't mean to say that. Please forgive my eyes. Don't take them out with your talons. With your talons that you conceal. <laughs> You were doing really well, and then I think conceal threw you off. The, the, the word that I... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that, listeners. Um, no, that, it threw me off. I panicked a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't... See, the problem is I've drawn things that I know nothing about. I don't watch Great British Bake Off. I'm, I'm very surprised that when I did Daniel Craig, I completely forgot that he was James Bond, despite him being my favourite James Bond. It's just like, he's a nice guy, and I want to go on a plane with him. Are you going to do one? I'm going to do one. I'll do one. I'll do, do one. you want me to... Hold, oh, you've, you've already I've picked. just reached in and picked one. Yeah. And my topic is crumpets. Okay. What, that is kind of a Robbie-esque top. Mind you, you <laughs> did write the thing, so... Okay, let's go. Crumpets. Somber. Crumpets, crumpets. They've got some holes. And in the holes I can drip some... Butter! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes on these crumpets I have jam. Sometimes I have syrup, but that's not healthy or socially acceptable. Oh yeah, crumpet. I had an X Cloud, I got it to level 100, and I named it Crumpet back on Pokemon Emeralds. And then caught another on the remake on the 3DS and called it Crumpet as well, but I only got it at level 80. Crumpet, crumpet. Wow, that, beautiful! That, that I'm taken aback. Absolutely, that that I, I was moved to tears. I'm 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 glad. I I I, I thought it's pretty beautiful as well. It was, it was it was not only somber, but it did reflect your inner sorrow, <laughs> and your it brought back childhood memories of a Rayquaza, which I spent many time battling the Elite <laughs> Four to get to level a hundred. And then just quitting on the game anyway. In the victory road over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Jordan, do you want another go? Are we going to do another pass? I'll, 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 gonna... have, I'll have another pass. Okay. Give, me, give me a topic. Okay. Give me a topic. Oh, 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 I've got a papery topic. Oh, this is a long one. What does it say, Jordan? <laughs> Our most recent likes on the Verbal Discharge Facebook page <laughs> and the wonderful... Souls. Souls Responsible. I thought that said Sonics. <laughs> Wonderful Sonic's response. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with um, all of the hedgehogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you can just talk about people liking the British. Yeah, Facebook I, 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 can, I can, I can do a song about. Um, you know, this is probably quite an appropriate time to say that if you're listening and you haven't liked the Verbal Discharge <laughs> Facebook page, you probably should. Verbal Dis- no, Facebook.com forward slash Verbal Discharge. It's, pretty, it's a pretty cool page. Jordan, we, put, we put things on there. Are you ready to tell people why they should like us? Why they should like or us. Whatever. I'm talking, like, about, talking about why they have liked us. us. Yes. Okay. Okay, okay. We ready? Yeah, well, I'm ready. Three, Lay two, down a tasty one. jam. Go. Hmm. Funky. Yeah. Fresh. I'm feeling this. <laughs> Verbal discharge. We've got a page. It's pretty cool and we have been uncaged. I'm just going to throw in some random rhymes while I tell you about the lines of people who have come. Um, why have you... Why, again, what, that what? one was really short. Continue. Oh continue my god, Lord. <laughs> well, I've, I've lost my rhythm now, but I'm going to go okay, with it. Go, go, go. Oh, Verbal it's discharge. Really, it's all gone. You've, you've done it, it's gone. Robbie. I'm sorry. I'm Why sorry. didn't you tell me it was no, such a short one? Why didn't you have a longer drum beat, Robbie? I'm sorry. 
sorry. But yeah, I didn't even get to the reason why people like us. Why do people like us? We're three guys with voices, and people like that on the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm, they do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, we, do you want to do yeah, one I'll, more? I'll, yeah, I want another one. Let's give it a go. Right, I'm going to try my hardest this time. Uh, let's go for this one. You don't understand how hard to freestyle things. I, I have utmost respect for all those freestyle rappers out there that can come up with meaningful and hurtful insults to hurl at people yeah. during like a 12-minute rap battle. <laughs> James, are we ready? Have we got one? Yeah, it says Big Tent Theory. Okay, do you know what the Big Tent Theory is? No. Okay. This the... is... I, I, it's political, instead, isn't it? Yes. Instead of telling... Do you want, do you want to yeah, try and make yeah. a, what you think the Big Tent what, Theory might be? Make a song about what you think the Big Tent Theory is. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to believe it because I also don't know what it is. Do right. Three, two, one, go. Is this the countdown clock? <laughs> countdown I can't clock. rap to the countdown yes, clock. Yes, you can. You're going to have to. Oh, this is on a Big timer. Big Tent Theory is the thing. It's probably not about a tent, but it is. Is it about a tent? I don't know. It's really hard to rap to the, the countdown theme tune. This isn't the theme tune, but it's the song. Big Tent Theory It's probably long, but I hope it's longer than the countdown theme song. I can't rap anymore. Ah! <laughs> Nigel Farage Big Tent uh, Big Tent Theory is the idea that all parties converge or they make their sort of um, w- what they stand for as wide as possible to appeal for the most voters so they basically end up uh, I know what this you've explained this to me before yeah. I believe um, shall I do one last one and then we can yeah, move on with our come lives on, yeah, we, can okay. play, we can play some actual music to people who <laughs> came here just to listen to actual music like, a lot of people come to us to hear actual music and leave disappointed yeah. <laughs> a lot of people come to hear us talk and also leave disappointed <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have picked out the 2012 hit smash film The Wedding Video starring Robert Webb and Rufus Hound <laughs> oh that wasn't a good film <laughs> that wasn't but here we are I'm going to have to Sing about it. Okay, let's give it a go. See what you can do. Ooh. The wedding video. The wedding video. It stars Robert Webb and Rufus Howard. I think Lucy Punch was in it as well. That's a, yeah, that's Lucy Punch. She was briefly in Hot Fuzz. And it was a film. As I remember very little about it. I think it was done with handheld cameras and it was pretty short, it was like 90 minutes long. There was a bit at the end where Rufus Hound was in a car and he got out of the car and he fell over. I think, I don't know, that might not have happened in the wedding video. Probably. Starring Robert Webb and Rufus Hound. And I think at the end, um, Robert Webb ran off with the bride that Robert... No. Other way round, Rufus Hound ran off with the bride that Robert Webb was going to ma- marry. Hardly, and it was really hardly a Shyamalan was it, it really, 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 really wasn't. I, I, I've just got to kind of point out that Robbie's idea of singing is just him talking and elongating the last syllable of every <laughs> sentence. I've, I've tried to sing on the podcast before and that never went well. Um, but it was entertaining. This is Robbie's singing voice. No, that's that somewhere out <laughs> there. Somewhere five all side. Because five was the mouse. Discharge. Verbal discharge. Verbal discharge. Hello, you're back with us. A verbal discharge on Phantom Radio. The time is... 
almost six o'clock, 20 seconds to six o'clock. And if you're interested in the temperature, it's also 20 degrees Celsius. Is that the outside temperature or just the temperature in here? It's the, it's it's what the big overlord clock says the temperature is. But I don't know if that's specific because we'll have listeners in places that aren't here. Uh, <laughs> you, you have too much hope. <laughs> it gets pretty roasty in this room as well whenever there's not a fan on, which there isn't. Yeah, yeah. If, if, anyway, if, that's, that's an interesting, like, yeah. mundane, like, chat. But it's about an interesting insight in, into, I guess. Did the... you know that Jordan's chair is red? Or at least the backing bit on, or the front bit in the... you're, you're breaking the. Well, you, there's no fourth wall in radio, really, is there? Because you're talking to, to, to the listener. Not necessarily. I think we're more talking to each other, and it just. We're, we're speaking to each other and conversing with each other. Uh, as though we're going to be presenting it to uh, in this sort of faux presentery style. <laughs> uh, see, the, the thing is, though, as much as I can say I'm doing it, I've, I've snapped out of it a little bit now, but I'm still doing the kind of presentery voice. I don't really talk like this in real life. Do I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. So, guys, you know the legal system? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard of it. I'm, um, I'm aware that it exists. You know that there are certain kind of subcategories of the legal system? Yeah. Uh, but do you know the Scouts' Law? Yes. The Scouts' Law? The Scouts' Law. I promise the... to do my best to do my duty to God and to the Queen, to help other people and to keep the Cub Scout. No, this is just that's, the Scouts' that, That's the Cub's... That's the promise. That's, that's the promise. That, that's the Cub Scouts' promise. Yeah. And However, the, law is... the actual Scouts don't so much have that as they have a sort of code. Oh, is it you kill it, you keep it? <laughs> <laughs> No? no, I'm afraid not. I was never in the Scouts. You were in the Army Cadets, though, which explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've basically, I've got the uh, the Scout law. Sorry, does that suggest that someone out there has the corpse of Bin Laden just on their wall? Uh, it's not me. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think it was. <laughs> got, um, I've got these seven sort of tenants or creeds that a Scout should live by. And I was just wondering what, what we make of them all. Because some of them are a bit tenuous. Some of them are fair enough. So I'll start off. Number one, a scout is to be trusted. Now, <laughs> now this is interesting because that isn't really something that the scout a, a scout does. Yeah, that's not something that a scout can specifically hold themselves. They can try and be trustworthy. But that, that's more of a, a sort of third-party thing. Like, I... people have to trust you. Does that mean you have to force other people to trust you? So trust someone me. who's really not like trusting you is like, trust me, I'm going to tie you up and make you trust me, and then and then you do that, and eventually they do trust you because you tied <laughs> them up and forced them to trust you. Isn't that just Stockholm syndrome? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, what 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 do we make of that one? A scout is to be trusted. See, but I like to think that this is referring to people that go and find promising new footballers, and therefore mm. you are to go on their instincts because they've done it before. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if people who scout for football teams hold themselves to the same rules that the Cub Scouts and the Scouts do. Perhaps they should. Would the world be a better place? Well, we'll find out. I guess over the course of the next six (laughs) (laughs) scout topics. Um, Number two, a scout is to be loyal. Loyal to who? It's the Scouts. So it's God, Queen, Country, and to uh, his own values. What if the Queen hates the country and the country hates God and God hates the Queen? What do you do then? Who <laughs> who, who do you stick by? Why have you formed a hate triangle, Jordan? <laughs> because I was interested as to what the scouts would do. Obviously going out there armed with whatever scouts are armed with and rectifying they, all the like mistakes. A, a series of knots. They, really. as I said, they probably stand in the middle and tie knots. That's, that's all they hey, you do. can garrot somebody with a knot. <laughs> so they're not entirely unlethal. They put up a tent 
do all the things that I couldn't do despite being in Scouts for God knows how long. How long were you in Scouts? About ten years. Oh, fair enough, that's a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> were, you, were you in Beavers? Uh, no, I was a beaver leader. Beaver leader? You're not the... Three years? Yeah, years. There are a lot of people I know that are called beaver leaders, and, yeah. and I, I never knew this was a thing. I was a leader in beavers. Yeah. I don't know, what, what's surprising about that? I don't know, it's just a confusing title, because I didn't even know what a beaver leader was when somebody told me they were a beaver leader. I was like, oh, okay, you built dams? You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but... With no, my... I just stood there and told them what to do. How was that? Excellent. Did you ever kill anything? We've already established, Jordan, that we can't talk about this. We can't talk about what Robbie may or may not have killed. Yeah, I can't talk about any of the six to eight-year-old children I killed. <laughs> oh, yeah, because of, <laughs> because of the police, right, yeah. yeah. Number three, a scout is friendly and considerate. <laughs> Were you friendly and considerate? Um, I, I tried to be. I mean, I know plenty of children, John Nickel, on scout camps who weren't. But... Was he not friendly and considerate? Oh, God, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wouldn't let me go and play in his den that he built. Or rather, he didn't build. He he had other people build the den. It was like the plot of like uh, some like summer kids' camp movie. Like, <laughs> he had some kids go and build this thing for him, and he wouldn't let anyone else play in it afterwards. Oh. He, was a, he was a trouble. He how, was a trouble. I've never understood how power, power dynamics work with children. If someone told me to build something, I probably wouldn't do it when I was a child. The thing is, with, with, with children, the power dynamic generally falls to just the most confident one, mm. I, I've noticed. It's, yeah. it's just whoever can speak the loudest. <laughs> so that was you, in most cases. Um, <laughs> but, it's funny, because no, I'm I, quite loud. My first memory of John Nick, I'm just going to talk about this guy. Let's go for it. Let's, let's, let's divulge. He was the kid that used to bully me because I hadn't seen Star Wars as a kid. Is that, is that something that warrants bullying? I didn't think so, but he did. <laughs> ha, you don't know what Chewbacca looks like. But he used to tell me, like, oh, you've got to go and sit in the corner, you can't play our games if you haven't seen episode five. <laughs> <laughs> He'd ask me, like, complicated questions about, oh, who shot first? I'd be, uh, Han Solo? No, no! And then he, he wouldn't let me play. The Which is interesting, him, In- Interesting though, that, that he, he holds himself to such a high standard of Star <laughs> Wars fandom, and yet would dispute that Han Solo shot first. Sorry, the, the hand shot. But... I don't remember. First time I first time I met him was in the you, know, you go for like an induction day before you start primary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so basically they set up some toys in the middle of the room and they just went go on kids play with the toys, and uh, I went over to play with some toys and I said to this kid I'd never seen him before, oh can I play with whatever it is, and then he said no. And that was a really alien concept to me, because everyone I met up until that point had been really nice. <laughs> I went on to be friends, to some degree, with him for some time. I'm glad I've got that all off my chest. Hopefully he doesn't listen. I feel we've exercised some demons here today. Yeah. It's been good. But, do we feel a scout <laughs> should be friendly and considerate? Yeah, why not? In your they experience, they, they should, should be, but they, they necessarily aren't. Exactly. I, I, I remember, actually, there's, there was some, like, there's always some disreputable scouts. I remember because I was in the Cubs as well, mm. and uh, a few times a year they'd gather us all together and sort of toss us all into a wood in a sort of Hunger Games style last match. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that. Like, they, they, they did like the whole lads and dads thing, and you go and like build fires, and occasionally they'd just let you sort of run free. And there was this big wood, I can't remember the name of the actual wood, but because they had all the scouts and Cubs in at different times, they'd put them all in different parts of the wood. Mm. And there were certain times throughout the day when they'd just give you free time, when they just they had to arrange yeah. the next activity for you, and they'd let you just run loose and say, come back in about half an hour. 
I remember a few times when sort of a, a bit like sort of if you've ever seen films about tribes and things like when they first encounter the white man when <laughs> when, when you'd see you'd see a different cob with like a different coloured neckerchief on to you and it was like, like I remember I remember um, one person who was in my sort of sect of cobs running back to us looking really like, like as if he'd seen a ghost he was like guys like I, I saw someone, and we were like, "Who? Who did you see?" And he was like, "He, he, he was like one of us, but but his, his clothes were different, and he he looked different." And we were like, "What?" And I remember we 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 went out to this other camp and met with the other cubs, and there was a really tentative <laughs> moment. And obviously, because we were kids in the woods, it just broke out as a big fight, and we hit each other with sticks, and uh, we all got in trouble. Oh, <laughs> so you didn't strike up a trade deal or anything like that? No, we didn't start trade. Though. We we were very much a divide and conquer sect of scouts. We weren't going to take any prisoners. There they were. Um, trying to peacefully welcome us into their lands, and we ripped them off for, for pennies. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> right, scout law number four, a scout belongs to the worldwide family of scouts, which is interesting, because I remember very little of the scout slave trade. <laughs> I remember it frightfully well. The slave trade? I remember. <laughs> Where were you taken from to become a scout? Tutankhamun. Tutankhamun is not a place. I you weren't taken that. from the man. I was halfway through saying it and I thought, I'm just going to continue with this. Although he did own a lot of slaves, Tutankhamun. As if I didn't notice. He did. He did own a lot of slaves. He also died at 19. Well, I mean, you know, 19 years of fun, though. For, for, yeah, for one of the most famous kind of pharaohs that everyone ever hears about. He was like one of the youngest. I bet he had a, a good few, like decent nineteen years for being a pharaoh. Like, oh, congratulations! It's your fifth birthday. You're a pharaoh now. Here's a horde of slaves who will do your bidding. Here's a gold chariot and lots of gold. And here's some more gold. Oh, and have you seen that? There's some gold. <laughs> how how did he die? He um, do you fell off a chariot. Died? Do you want to know how he died? Why don't you listen to episode eleven where we discuss this in detail? Did we? we? We did, yeah. Oh, we do. I remember this one. Yeah. This was the one where we spoke about Peppa Pig and Christopher Walken. Yeah. How yeah. do you guys remember what we've done? Uh, I have it, to edit Robbie, it. I have to listen to it three or four times. Robbie has an encyclopedic knowledge of things that we've done. And I only remember that one because I did the cover art for it that week. Yes. I yeah. did. It was, it was, it was good. I, I MS painted the absolute hell out of that one. <laughs> right. Number five. A scout has courage in all difficulties which doesn't strictly make grammatical sense, but I think I know what they mean. I see, it says has, not should have. So I think that's false. That's a lie. It, it is false, but if it said should have, then... Well, and, you know, these are, these are kids. These are all under the age of 18. Isn't yeah. It? You must be fearless in all, all circumstances. You must be absolutely fearless. When they come for us... You will be on the front lines, children. <laughs> you will, all, all the scouts. Really. You will head the vanguard. You know how to bivouac. You know how to pick <laughs> berries. You know how to make a canoe out of nothing but a paper clip and John Terry's dead racist corpse. <laughs> You're a scout. You could do anything. You have courage in the face. I remember because I was in the scouts for like I was in beavers and cubs and scouts and all that jazz for ages mm. and ages and ages. And I know I've spoken to you about this previously, Jordan. When you get to, like, the later ages and you get deeper into your teen years, the scouts becomes very much like, so guess what, guys? The army! Yeah. <laughs> Which was sort of the point I left See, at. When I went into, to like, the RAF and the army cadets, it was basically scouts, except they give you an assault rifle as well. They'd be like, run around and shoot some things. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Who wants to go into the army? It's, it's underpaid, and you'll probably die. Number six. A scout has self-respect and respect for others. Um, I mean, I've got one of those things. 
<laughs> you can leave is it, it at that. Is it, is it respect for others? It's respect <laughs> respect for, for others. Okay, but what, what what do we make of that one generally as a rule? That a scout should have self-respect and respect for others. Are we are we well, for it? Are we against it? Are we opposed? It depends on which side of the trench the others lie. Ooh, deep. But deep. should you not have respect for your enemy? Otherwise, you will never truly know or love yourself. Is, is that that sounded like I'm a, trying a, to write a that, 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 that sounded like a paraphrase yeah. of Sun Tzu's Art of War. Yeah, yes. no, no, you don't need to respect for them. You just need to know how to point the, the point your sharp bayonet in their soft, squishy bits. Have you ever read Sun Tzu's Art of War? I've no. I've read passages. It, it's really abstract, an awful lot of it. Yeah, well, a battle should flow like a river, things like that. Yeah, and 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 in the middle of a battle, I can't imagine everyone going in exactly the same direction. And <laughs> hold know. up, guys, let's interrupt this battle. We need to act out a river scene. Everybody put your hands on each other's shoulders. There we go. Guys, I understand that we're on opposing sides. I get that we're all pretty angry at each other. But me and my amateur dramatics class think it'd be really great if I play some soothing melodies and we all pretend to be a river. I do do enjoy that one of the quotes from Sun Tzu's Art of War is, the pen is mightier than the sword. And to, to a certain degree, I... I, I accept that in certain things, but if you ever try to fight someone with a machine gun and you have a pen... I... See, you said the pen was mighty in the sword, but not the machine gun. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I'm assuming if there were machine guns in, um, Sun, in Sun Tzu's age, he would also say that the pen is mightier than them. A pencil is mightier than a machine gun, but not a pen. You can actually get a pencil through someone's skull. I've seen this. Um, I've seen this on. Oh, let's rewind. On a documentary. No, oh, I, I, right, I, right. I, I, I've seen Robbie do this several times. <laughs> now, um, so in that one Batman yeah, if, movie, if you have because because the pen the the tip of a pencil is such a finite area, all of the force is concentrated into area, and it's very easy to go through a human skull. So pencils, you shouldn't have them in schools. It's nice. worth knowing. We nice. should we should all write with charcoal from now on. Jordan, were you responsible is... for everything that was banned at my primary school? <laughs> <laughs> your way, pencils were banned at your primary school. No, everything else was though. We didn't we didn't have tables, desks, clothes. Babies, you just stood there throwing. Snow. We didn't have. Yeah, they told us we couldn't have snowball fights. Yeah, because yeah. there were people. To be fair, there were people encasing rocks in the snowballs. Yeah, I'm not saying that I was one of them. But I was. Yeah, and I, I, I saw one of my friends be taken to the hospital because someone threw a snow rock at him. It wasn't just they'd compressed the snow around the rock, so it was like ice rock. Oh. It was like something someone would fire at you in a Dungeons and Dragons game that would take like ten of your health points away. <laughs> It, it, I saw someone get knocked unconscious by a snowball, is what I'm trying to say. It's traumatised me to this day. Number number seven, which is maybe the most tenuous of all of the scout laws. A scout makes good use of time and is careful of possessions and property. Which should be two, really. Yeah. Because yeah. those are two, don't Making good use of time and being careful of possessions and property <laughs> are two wildly different things. Although time is the greatest possession. And not the property of Mother Nature. Agreed, agreed. Because that's what they use to make us Have we not spent enough time talking about theories of time? No. I'm I'm, I'm on a slowly work. Like, my my vision for this podcast and this show is that we will veer it further and further into the realms of theoretical physics until we get to, like, the very peak episode. We get to episode 50, and we're all sat around just going like, "What what if we did this? 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then of course by that by the period we become so absorbed in theoretical physics we'll have um our own kind of tv show and we'll we'll be have canned laughter and we'll be our own brian coxy little oh yeah and we could have brian cox in he's all right he, he knows stuff about physics. he does his own podcast though i don't know if he'd uh, if he'd join us it's a good podcast actually the infinite Monkey. why am i plugging wait other minute, people's wait a there are other podcasts other than verbal discharge I've never heard of this. i didn't realize this was this is amazing i thought we were the only one that explains, I thought it was a huge mystery when we were 140th in the chart because we were the only podcast. This is amazing. You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Ride. So, as you just heard, you're listening to Phantom Radio. This is a station sponsored by Domino's or part of a union that is sponsored by Domino's. We think it's important that we say that. Yes, it is a station sponsored by Domino's. I don't think it is. The station isn't, but the student union is sponsored by Domino's. I noticed I sat for a meeting in which they said, we're sponsored by Domino's, but you can say what you like about them because they signed a contract. I spoke to the guy that signed the contract that said that we can say what we like about Domino's. So, with that in mind, I ordered the pizza from Domino's the other day. Okay. I was there. No, this was a different pizza. Oh. <laughs> I, ordered... <laughs> I ordered the pizza from Domino's the other day. How was it? We'll get onto that. Okay. We'll right. get onto that. But first, before I decided to order the pizza from Domino's, I obviously, this being Domino's, had to go and check my bank balance. I actually got out a calculator. I actually went and got a calculator out, and I sort of went to calculate how many hours I'm working this month. I went through my entire calendar, just so to know sort of how much money I'm going to have coming in. I looked at how much rent I'm due, in the next, due to pay in the next few months, uh, what bills were looking like. Started to work out, oh, if I save electricity here, if I leave some lights off and so on, perhaps, maybe... I might be in a position to buy one pizza mm-hmm. from Domino's because that's how much it costs to eat at Domino's. I thought, fine, okay, perhaps perhaps if I really budget my Christmas shopping, I can order a pizza because I don't have anything else in and the shops are shut because it's a Sunday. This was mm. last Sunday. Okay. So I decided to order a cheese it's, and tomato pizza. It's important that we have all this context in order yeah. to fully appreciate <laughs> the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I ordered the cheese and tomato pizza and, I, I mean, I thought about buying a sides and a drink but then i thought do you know what actually my late gran would probably rather her inheritance money is spent on something else um <laughs> so yeah I, I added the drink to the menu initially and i went to delete it and it said are you sure you want to remove this delicious item oh i thought hmm i'm so, not sure i'd use the word delicious to describe a drink anyway self-aggrandizing as well so yeah, it is yeah. a bit what it drink was bit. it it was a coke so it's not even really their trademarks. No. I then thought, hold on, but delicious doesn't normally apply to drinks, so is it the case for every item? So I went to add a DVD to the list, because Domino's sell rental DVDs that you rent and then you can put out, and sure enough, they do. If you add a DVD, Domino's think that DVDs are delicious. What That's what you think of Domino's. <laughs> With- However... Oh, sorry, no, go on, go on. What you I was going to say, what DVD was it that was supposedly delicious? I'm going to read you the list of their latest releases. And um, can we assess how delicious they may or may not be? We can. So these are listed under the title, Latest Retail Rentals. So these are the most recent DVDs they've got in. Okay. Those. Okay. Peacock, which is a 2010 thriller starring Christy and Mur- Kelly Murphy, sorry, <laughs> and Susan Sarandon. I've never heard of this film. I've never heard of it. This is new to me. But I think it's probably pretty delicious. Sounds delicious. Cillian Murphy in it, so obviously it's... it's it, yeah. it, it definitely sounds like something you would eat rather than watch. Yeah. <laughs> Girl Most Likely, starring Chris and Wig. How, how was, was that all right? It's all right. It's all right. Would you describe it as delicious, delicious then? Not uh... delicious, no. 
uh, a movie called Aim that isn't even a recommended result when you type it into the whole title into IMDb. This is one of the most recent recommended retail releases they've got there. This is not. This is not delicious. a good. A, a good. There's a good list. The Big Wedding, a film which Robert De Niro falls in a swimming pool. Um, <laughs> there's low budget British drama, A Trap for Cinderella, which stars Tuppence Middleton, which is a pretty delicious. Who? Tuppence, Tuppence Middleton. Middleton. No, no, no it's, one. No one name. is called Tuppence. Yeah, her name is Tuppence Middleton, which sort of sounds more like like a. She, she, she sounds like. Um, like like when sort of Will Will and Kate, the the couple that that's the name they'd give to one of their aborted children that, that didn't make <laughs> it the comes cut. Out, did did Will and Kate drops, have many of those? The blood drops oh, down they... in the shape of a old style penny, yeah. and they go, "That's that's our tuppence. That's our they have, tuppence." They have some, but you didn't hear about them because because they were aborted. Yeah, well, yeah, but because... and the royal family covers stuff like that up, yeah. like when they <laughs> killed Diana. Yeah, well, definitely when they killed Diana. <laughs> Um, oh, I've just been added to so many watch lists. <laughs> uh, they've also got they've got a Kevin Hart stand-up DVD from 2009, before Kevin Hart was really a force. Um, Chef, which is actually pretty good. Oh, that's all enough. right, actually. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a delicious film. I, 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 I it just, is. It's actually delicious. I would describe that film as delicious. It, it makes you so hungry whilst watching it. It, it, is, it is food porn. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Really likeable characters as well. Brilliant cast. Nothing but good things to say about it. And a it. bit where John Favreau says, "What's Twitter? Is it for sex?" There's then <laughs> okay. Hummingbird, which is a film which Jason Statham shouts penises at a nun in an art gallery. Already, I'm sold. Green Street Free, which was George Brackpool in my old English class's favourite film. Uh, You're next. <laughs> Third one. <laughs> Green Street Free. What did you say? It's my favourite film. It's about football fighting. There's also You're next and Filth. Your next is pretty good. Your next and Filth are both—they're both pretty good. They're both filth, yeah. filth especially. Actually, filth is fantastic. Actually, I'd say Your next more so than Filth. I so disagree. We can, we can we can politely you're disagree. Ne- and yet, Your next is the only one I own on DVD. Yeah. However, Filth I prefer. Filth I think is fantastic. The film—the film's really really good. Uh, there's then a film called Snowflake, which is an animated movie about a gorilla stuck in the Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> is the gorilla called Snowflake? Yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> Of course, Snow- the gorilla is called Snowflake. Snowflake is played by Ariana Grande. Um, and there's so a- slap pubes on her and make her look like a gorilla. <laughs> and Snowflake's dad is played by Christopher Lloyd. Oh, God. Is he a gorilla as well? He's a gorilla as well. Oh, wow. A gorilla played by Christopher Did they just do the voices for it? They did or? the voices, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not motion capture. Oh, if only. If only. <laughs> she actually wandered around the Arctic for several months to prepare for the role. Christopher Lloyd's been a recurring theme this cast. Yeah. yeah. I, I also he tried, is fantastic, isn't he? I tried to type the name into IMDb and got no results. Did so. you put two L's? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I meant Snowflake, so the film. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you meant it's Christopher Lloyd. It. Has Christopher Lloyd been written out of history? <laughs> yes, he's been entirely forgotten. Like <laughs> something that was happening back to the future. And in the final film on this... No, okay. The penultimate film on this list is Clerks. Okay. The Kevin Smith movie. Which, which you might say, okay, that's a fine movie. But Clerks is on the list of most recent retail titles. I mean, it's a, film, it's a film about retail, I guess. That's a good point. Hmm. But it's not most recent. Clerks came out in 1994. I was born in 1995, and I'm here trying to buy a pizza with my, my adult money or my adult credit card. That sounds pretty dodgy. like. <laughs> a, but anyway, sort of as, as a fully grown man, I've gone out and I've earned that money on the working, and I've, I've earned this money, and I want to spend... If I'm going to spend something on this, this, this film, yet the 
most recent film they've got in came out before I was born. Like I, I, I wasn't even sort of conceived when I tell you what I was when Clerks came out. I was a collection of atoms somewhere in Swansea, soon to be absorbed <laughs> by my father in the hope of someday becoming a sperm. That's who I was <laughs> when Clerks came out, and yet this is one of the most recent films that Domino's has got in. The the one ever film on the list right. is a film called Alpha and Omega Two: A Howl-y Day Adventure to Remember. A, ha- a, ha- a howl, because one of them's a oh, dog and he howls, okay. or it might be a wolf. I don't, I don't, I don't care. If this list has proven us or proven anything to us, it's why more people don't get their films from Domino's <laughs> because that is a sloppy list. Does That's... anybody buy f- films from Domino's? I, I doubt it. I've never... only rental. Like, do they send no. you the DVD and you? The you DVD have... comes with the pizza, and, and you've got to give it back to them. Presumably, yeah. I don't know how it works. I think they give you something to send it back in, like posting. Like a free post thing. Yeah, yeah. Here, post our shitty scratch to hell. Um... <laughs> you can't say that. I'm sorry, I, f- I keep forgetting. Stop saying shit on the air. God damn oh, it, Jordan! Jordan. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so I, I then went and ordered. I decided, yeah, in the end I went for went for Coke. I decided I'd, I'd, I'd order a Coke because, do you know what? You only live once. And <laughs> I, I hit order and... I realised at this point I was wearing a French rugby top. I'd, I'd slept in it, and it reached I know, me I know exactly the top you're referring to. I've seen it numerous times. Yep, it's sort of a what 2010 French rugby top. It's a large as well, so it doesn't really fit me. And I but decided, is it comfortable? It is, yeah. And that's what's important. I decided the guy, the Domino's guy, was going to see me wearing a French rugby top. Okay. It'd be easier, therefore, to adopt a French persona than oh, it would be. You didn't to change. Your French persona is so, terrible. Uh, I've heard your French accent before. It is, it is not... See, I thought about this. I spent the first few minutes, bear in mind it's about a half hour wait from clicking order and re- realising this. I thought, okay, I'm going to have to do something about this. I can't just go in and talk like this and say, oh, ha, ha, this is my pizza, thank you very much. I can't do that. I'm not Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the walk. That, um, dear listeners, is... <laughs> the best French accent Robbie can do. <laughs> also, how bad is the voice? Because I've heard it is terrible. The voice? Yeah. You mean the walk? In the walk. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Does he it's also does, does he does he wear a his, beret and chain smoke? His accent <laughs> is. Does he terrible. always carry baguettes with him everywhere? He's <laughs> good. Jordan Gordon-Levitt's accent is terrible, but the film generally is is pretty good. However, yeah. So I decided no, I'd have to tone it down a bit. I'd do sort of a far, a far, far calmer, um, as though because a frankly, more subtle French. Yeah, accent. I'd be, pretend this this French character. Let's call him Philippe. Had been living in England for a few years, so he's beginning to disappear. Just odd inflection on odd words, um, and I know you've you've told stories on the podcast before of you ordering and doing things in a Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. The difference here, though, is that you can do a Scottish accent. <laughs> uh, I can't do a toned down French. You see, Nairobi, the problem is, I feel I've got to do the accent just in order to convey the fact that I can. I don't really <laughs> need to say anything specific now, I, I, but I like the fact that I can do this just on cue. <laughs> hey, I who then... let that Scotsman in here? <laughs> <laughs> I then. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> As it went on, I decided, you know what, actually, Philippe doesn't look like this sort of like British person who was dumbstruck by everything around him. He'd be more confident than that. And so I began to sort of change my body language and all of this. And then the pizza arrives. And I get to that point, I'm thinking, oh, oh it's nearby, it's nearby. Um, this, is, this is tense. Yeah, I also, by the way, like, I began, <laughs> I thought to myself, sort of, oh, Philippe wouldn't be listening right now to Aztec Camera. He would instead be listening to, and I tried to think of French music and just put on the national anthem on the loop instead. <laughs> just to get me in the, in the mood. So, I then get a phone call. 
Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, it's the Domino's guy, and that's it. Oh, oh, hello? Can, can, you, do, can say, you do that in a bit more of like a way that they actually say it? It's like, you're all right, mate, your pizza's here. <laughs> you're all right, Domino's man, yeah. Domino's, yeah, Domino's. I'm outside, I'm outside. And I said, oh, hello? Because I thought, he's not going to say bonjour. He's, 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 lived here bonjour. he's been lived here for a while. And he then said, Slava? Robbie Owen? I'm like, oh, God. The game's up. The game's <laughs> up. My name, he knows I'm not called Philippe. It's been compromised. But I thought I'm going to go with it. I said, yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> he then said, oh yeah, your pizza, um, I'm nearby, yeah? I went, okay, I shall head to the door, and I shall open the door, and we can go, and I can eat the pizza, or whatever. And he then says, yeah, actually, I'm having a bit of trouble finding the place. Uh, can you just direct me to it? And I then, I got about, I began going, oh, well, it is on the corner. If you head to the corner, I can head down the stairs, and I can meet you. Uh, you do not have to worry about coming up to find the flat. So I get down, and I get to the bottom, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll meet you on the corner then. I get that. I get through the phone call. I'm still managing the French accent. I speak to him, instantly forget I'm doing a French accent. <laughs> Everything slips. The whole thing falls away. Oh. And that becomes a really disappointing ending to the story. Welcome to Verbal Discharge. Please leave your message during the tone, which is right now. So please continue listening after the tone. So... Uh, you may remember, guys, way, way back at the start of this show, I promised us all a murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Not altogether dissimilar from, say, a Cluedo or a murder mystery. <laughs> it's a Cluedo. A Cluedo. Yeah. That discernible object that we I, all know. I hope of. that the um, the constabulary start using that term. Well, um, we haven't seen April Summers for a while. Um, we're declaring a full state of Cluedo. <laughs> I don't know if it was the maid, her father, or that Really scary looking guy with a machete. Boys, we've got a right clue on our hands this time. You're a loose gun, Robbie. <laughs> God damn it, Chief, we've almost got this guy. <laughs> so, what with it being a murder mystery, I was hoping we could solve the murder mystery. However, okay. first we need to figure out who we are. And hopefully, once we've figured out who we are, and when we play this part, is... it will naturally come to us who did the murder. Is this going to be like Eat, Pray, Love? We're going to have to go on a journey to find ourselves. Maybe. To figure out who we are. Um, I've got a better way for us to figure out who they are. Robbie, do you remember your microwavable noodle bowl? I do. I have commandeered it, and I've placed in it some slips of paper. I would like you to both draw a piece of paper from the microwavable noodle bowl. Wait a minute, I don't have a pen. You took the... Ah, hilarious. I do have a pen. I'm going to take one as well. Now, whatever it says on your... Don't read it out loud just yet. Whatever it says on your slip of paper, this is who you are for the duration of this murder mystery game. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, okay, so we'll just we'll just we'll improvise. We'll go straight into this. Three, two, one. Oh yeah! Ooh. Murder mystery. Who killed this woman? <laughs> I don't think you've explained this. Are we? Are we, are we, are we talking uh, who, about? Wait, is there a woman? What's, that's go, what's dead? going on? I'm 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 just improvising a situation. Okay. Well, it, okay so improv. there's a woman that died. Did she die in the past? Did she die in the past? It was definitely not or me or my partisan forces. Yeah! Someone killed this bitch! Have we, <laughs> have we established the time of death? Nah, she did! Some cop did! <laughs> we do you know when she died? Was it at Christmas? What seems to be the cause of death? <laughs> no, she is not just stone cold dead. There is something wrong with her. Why is she still called dead? Flavor Flame is confused by this. 
His Excellent <laughs> President for Life, Field Marshal Al Havdi, Doctor Idi Amande, Da Vici, DSOMC, Lord of all the beasts of the earth and the fishes of the sea, and the conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular, thinks that this woman has was killed by Flavor Flav. Ah, Flavor Flav denies these allegations. Oh, I'm going to take us back, Kim. Time and hope she was killed on Christmas Day because it is I, the ghost of Christmas past, that is going to take you back in time as Ye- I do to Scrooge. Yeah, boy, no one leaves this room until we figure out who killed this woman. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know who, how she died. There seems to be marks on her neck from strangulation. Yeah. Well, who who has fingers? I do, but they go straight through her neck. It's really difficult to strangle people. I've tried. I've tried. I think we've ruled out the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) (laughs) Flavor Flav questions you. He's excellently president for life, field marshal, (laughs) Al-Haji, Dr. Idi-Amin, Dada, V-C-D-S-O-M-C, Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the sea and conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. What about the birds? Do you not rule the birds? Like turkey, like you eat at Christmas. Flavor Flav hasn't seen that Hitchcock film. (laughs) (laughs) No! No! The ghosts of Christmas past can't help but feel we're only amusing ourselves. I think we are. I think we are. We are, we are, we are. Okay, um, let, let, let's cast that one out. Um, in my mind, it was you. It was what, definitely I am, you, John. I am. Because he's Idi Amin. Idi Amin, or as his full title, we'll read it a bit slower so you know what Idi no, Amin's full to. title we, is. We've read that enough. Yeah. We've read that enough. Yeah, it's, it's a big title. So, I, I think it was you. Because out of the three of us, the ghost of Christmas past, admittedly, you're instantly thrown out of there. Because yeah. you, you, have you no wouldn't physical be able to strangle form. her. Flavor Flav's too nice of a guy to kill a woman. Uh, but Idi Amin... Has killed a lot of women. <laughs> and many more people. So, um, I think we've just got about enough time to do one more of these. Okay. Uh, would we all care to draw another oh, name out, out of the microwavable oh, noodle bowl? Oh, dear God. And I'm reaching Robbie's over. reaching. I can't, I'm short. Okay, there we are, I've got it. I'm going to get another one. Uh, would someone else like to kick this one off? Okay, okay, okay. Right, I'm getting into character. Of course, what he could do for right old oil in love. I do not know what you are saying. I do. She's saying that she likes to kill people. Something strange is going on here. Not something as strange as that time that there was a woman dead in that room over there. Who has killed this woman? Why is there two dead women? I'll tell you what though, mate. Now she's dead. You can do what you like to her. Hey, lads. (laughs) Who are you? Who are you making the noise? I have some vague idea who he is. Who who is he, mate? Who is he? Don't feel like him. He is a malfunctioning smoke detector. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's ideal, mate. I actually uh, deal with smoke detectors. I actually do them myself, yeah. Who are you? I've got a back business in my shop, yeah. Um, I normally do car repairs, right? But I also do smoke detectors. Which, if you just give me like um, I don't know, like like eighty quid, I can fix a smoke detector for you. Have you got eighty quid on you, mate? Eighty quid? Eighty quid is nothing. It's nothing. The what loads, eighty quid by you? The like? Lord's Resistance Army does not deal in sterling. 
Well, have we you deal done? only in the lives of children. <laughs> Tell you what, you go. In, there's, this, there's this kid, right? This bullying myself. I am Joseph Connick. <laughs> of course you're Joseph Coney. I'm a disreputable, though that's that's allegation, certain cards and salesmen. <laughs> why why a faulty smoke alarm? <laughs> why not? I, can I stop doing the Coney voice? I feel so so offensive. <laughs> this was I, I feel we've amused ourselves though, and I, that's what's important. I, I genuinely don't know what you're trying to achieve there. I was hoping that we'd we'd just naturally come together and improvise. <laughs> that, that that like uh, that there's one. <laughs> one of there us is, is playing a smoke. There detector. is. Yeah, I was gonna say th- there is only so much like creative scope I can go with a faulty d- smoke alarm. Uh, the other one that no one drew out of the thing was the handprints. <laughs> I don't know who the handprints is. <laughs> so right, let, let, out out of those three, right? Let, let's just discuss this. Out of Joseph Coney. Um, a disreputable second-hand car salesman and a faulty smoke detector. I'd like to think that... See, I don't know. See, wait, I no, think I... faulty smoke detectors kill lives. Yeah, kill lives, kill, kill lives. people. And lives. Yeah, because yes. I didn't do my job properly. Yeah, you fix a smoke detector and that saves lives. See, the problem is, though, with you, like, like if, if a smoke detector isn't working, if it's malfunctioning, it's not going to make any noise. No. Whereas in, in Jordan's uh, avant-garde uh, method-acting no, betrayal do. of a faulty smoke detector... He, he portrayed one that was just making constant no, noise. Or was that just they the do. beginning of your story arc? <laughs> at, which point, at which point you would assume that later on people would get frustrated and take the batteries out. Yeah. No, when the batteries are running low in smoke detectors, they start make, playing a noise constantly so that you replace the batteries. Oh. Anyway, smoke detector facts. That's worth knowing. That's why you're listening to us, the Smoke Detector Podcast. And if there's and anything... Radio that, men. Yeah, if there's anything anyone wants to take away from this, this show... It's that you should always check your smoke detectors and make sure that they're properly stocked to make sure there's plenty of life in them. Because the one time they don't work, that's the time that could cost you your life. Speaking of losing your life, we're going to lose our life now. Oh. We're all going to go and just jump out the window and top ourselves. Um, and there will be no show <laughs> next week. Uh, the podcast will never be edited down, sorry, unless someone does it posthumously. Um no, we're just going to bring the show to an end. We're just going to close it off. Well, no, come on. Let's let, let's kill this baby in the crib and let's draw this one to a close. Uh, as ever, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. If you're interested in finding us or seeing, for whatever reason, anything else we've done, you can find us at... Um, Facebook.com forward slash Verbal Discharge. We're also on Twitter at... Our Twitter handle, which is Verb Dis Radio. At Verb Dis Radio, rather. Well, everyone knows you put an app. Well, you've got to get this it. right, Jordan, because oh. people, people might not know. Fine. For those of you who have no experience with Twitter, and probably aren't on Twitter, so it's pointless saying it, but at Verb Dis Radio. Thank you for Do you want me to spell me? that out singularly? <laughs> yes. V-E-R... No, sorry... The at sign, V-E-R-B-D-I-S-R-A-D-I-O. Thank you. And if you want to find our website where our blog posts and the archive of all of our things are, you can find that at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Thank you very and, much oh, for... Okay. Oh, oh. Oh. And if, if you want to email us, there's things at verbaldischarge.co.uk. And the other thing is worth saying, we did an additional show on Tuesday. We did. As part, thing we did. As part of uh, the University of Derby Student Union's Rag Week. Yes. Raise and yeah, Give. Yeah, Raise and Give doesn't stand for anything else <laughs> that you Aiming might be thinking. to raise money... For free charities, for assorted charities. There were <laughs> yeah. a lot of charities they support. War um, children, that sort of stuff. War child, Derbyshire ambulance, and Mind, which is a mental health charity. Yeah, we will be doing sort of a highlight show of that up. Hopefully tomorrow. Uh, hopefully soon. Oh, soon, 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 soon. That'll go up as a podcast, as mm-hmm. well as this one, which will go up on iTunes if you want to listen to it, as well as on the website. Robbie, would you care to give a final word of the show? Um, not really. 
Alec, could, could I accept really as a as the final word of the podcast? Really? As, of the show? Really? I'm not... Oh. Really? You've killed it, Jordan. Ah. Sorry, I burped. <laughs> um, what? Oh God! I'm sorry. That was. I'll let you know. That wasn't intentional. I'd like to hope that we're comedically better than fart and burp gags.